I'll leave you with this with Dustin Chafin. <laughs> it's so exhausted. You, you know, comedy. Comedy's so exhausted. No, it's, you know, I'm wearing my little posture strap because I, uh, you know, got to get the, I've, you know, it's like weird. Uh, we're watching, um, what was it, Captain Marvel, and we were just noticing all the good posture in the movie. And it's just like me and Leah were just like, look at the posture. And I was like, yeah, that's why I wear my strap, you know. And also feel like I'm a detective, you know, I got like my little gun strap. Were you this? <laughs> did you wear this before Captain Marvel, or did you I get did. it after? I did. You did. Yeah. So, but you felt better after seeing their posture. Yeah, I'm gonna have to show you this too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's the right call. No, no, I, I appreciate you did. I never. But uh, no, I just at Christmas. I don't know. I just you know you just. I think it's like uh, somebody called me on it a few times. My bad posture. I had relationships. I remember I had a girl one time who said, uh, "This is before I." Um, I wore my cowboy hat and stuff, and she says, I told her, I said, you know, think about wearing a cowboy hat on stage. This is an ex-girlfriend a long time ago. I was like, yeah, you know, it'd be kind of cool. It's like I'm from Texas. It's rock and roll. I can just kind of, you know, make it my own kind of yeah. rock and roll cowboy thing. She's like, I don't know, man. He's like, you don't really, I mean, you don't really have the posture to wear a cowboy hat on stage. <laughs> well, I've never noticed the cowboy's posture in the films. That's the thing. I think she meant, like, you know, the swag and whatever. She had a point. But anyway, I've, had, I've struggled with posture. But um, I wear it on stage. I like wearing this. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, it's a, uh, it's a little, it's like a strap that you wear on both uh, shoulders. And then it kind of, you know, just has a little thing in the back. And it, it helps you set up straight. So it's like a posture thing. But anyway, I've worn it on stage. And I like it on stage because I wear it underneath a, another shirt or whatever. And... Uh, you know, gives me a little more kind of, you know, like swag on stage where it's like you're kind of like, you know, when you have good posture, I think people kind of respond to you differently. Wow. Than look when you're just kind of like humped over telling jokes. Look at these secrets that are just being spewed out. I had no you know idea. What I, mean? I don't know. I feel that way. You know what I mean? Like, I feel it's like, you know what I mean? You're just kind of like, you're, 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 you're cocked and ready to rock. You know what I mean? As opposed to just being hunched and defeated. You know, <laughs> what's well, interesting? I think I've never had an issue with it. Like on stage, you have pretty good posture. Well, I don't know. Well, it's, on stage, all, on stage, all, coffee's on me next time. Um, <laughs> I mean, you have like you have the problem I have. You don't have you have smaller shoulders, but you have a bigger torso. Like you're not like a big like big shoulder people. God bless them. Yeah, they, they it's it's kind of naturally have better posture. I uh, I think I slouch <laughs> down in sitting. Mm. I do that quite a bit because who cares? Because yeah. life's tough. When you're sitting, you're sitting. It's true. I, I like relax. right now, you tell them, yeah, I'm trying yeah. to cock well, up a little. But you're, yeah. but you're also hosting a show. So and I, I have totally a strap. And I have yes, a strap. I totally get it. <laughs> On stage, I was never not attracted to that because I like a lot of punk dudes hunched mm, down. It's true. Johnny Rotten, a lot of people used to describe him as the hunchback of Notre Dame. And also, really? I just realized this I was about to be that person. On a podcast that goes, wait, are we rolling? When do we start? <laughs> I didn't think we were doing this. And then you kind of gave me that clue. Yeah. And then I realized that you kind of hinted you were going to do this. Oh, yeah. And I was about to be that guy. So when does it start? <laughs> no, man, we're 20 minutes in. Oh, 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 oh hey. Well, see, Damn I always it. like to do it like this because I might catch you saying something. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I mean, you can't do so anything worse than it. Yeah. Give you a real moment. Um, yeah, well, it is interesting, though. Um, yeah, do you do you watch like live shows and stuff and like incorporate stuff into your comedy like that? Like music people? I rock used stars? to. I think I am more now. So since I had a, I had an injury and I had to change how I did like cardio and so mm -hmm. now I'm on a treadmill just walking okay. but with a high incline. Yeah. So I found to make that more enjoyable, I use my phone to watch concerts. Oh, and nice. so I'm watching concerts every day instead of just listening to well, I just mean playlist. like on stage. 
Well, no, but I'm I'm, I'm getting more influence now. Oh, influence. Seeing okay, it's, it's, gotcha. Because there's only certain people I will watch. Okay. Who, not, who do you watch that like influences you on stage? Dude, like so besides I, like ten wrestlers. Yeah, about twenty four, <laughs> sir. Please be accurate. So the Beastie Boys, without a doubt. And what sense? What makes what's what's what do you what about their stage presence? Their presence was pure. Uh, this was is a it? show. We're going to entertain you, but we're also going to do exactly what we want mm. and exact be exactly who we are. Love that. Yeah. It's like if we want to show up in suits and wigs, we're going to own it, and that's who we are. Yeah. We're authentic in okay. that. Even when they're um, being not authentic, it's authentic. When it's like yeah. we're not this, but we are this. It's kind of yeah, cool. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Iggy Pop, just like, like, yeah, there's a lot of rock oh, I know, dudes. I've had to tell you to, to put your shirt back on. How dare you? <laughs> um, dude, I've been watching some, ra- you know, Rage Without Rage. They have, uh, first of all, Rage Live's great, How's Rage Zach. Without Rage? How With is, Chuck D and new, Be Real. How's the new Rage? Is it all right? Uh, yeah, Prophets of Rage. It's not bad? Guess what? I, we could just reboot it. We could have just restarted really? history, and you really? wouldn't have missed them. Really? Chuck right. D is the front man of Rage is the greatest ever. Okay. And the way they, they like control an audience is great. I like Killer Mike sure. from Run the Jewels. Okay. I like his presence in Run. So a lot of that. Nice. nice Come on. Kill the Jewels, that's good. Um, Rage, I remember I saw Rage Against the Machine at uh, Giant Stadium. Met oh, Life. Dude. Come on. And uh, it was Beastie Boys, uh, Bad Religion. And rage. I mean, and it was. I mean, it's I like really, a Haley's comet of, of a show. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was so much testosterone though. I, th- I felt like at any second somebody was going to get punched in the eye. <laughs> you know what I mean? But out of love, but out of yeah, like yeah. just rock and roll love, not any sort of hatred. Yeah, and they're like sensitive <laughs> just excitement, dudes. Just excitement. Yeah, somebody's going to get punched. Yeah, like, <laughs> but the actual guys mosh. themselves are not <laughs> guys. Yeah, like but people, they bring that out. People, of people were moshing in the cheap seats. You know what I mean? Like oh, it yeah, was yeah. Just, like it was that kind of energy. But uh, but no, I think that's uh, you know that's what I'm always drawn to is kind of that rock and roll thing that uh, should incorporate we should incorporate into comedy a little bit more because yeah, I feel man. like there's such a wave now that is so like uh, regular guy regular clothes talking regular stuff you know what I mean like that that's a huge wave you know of kind of this kind of toned down comedy you know where it's just like yeah you know gaffigan this guy or that guy you know it's like very just kind of relatable and it's just like looks like the guy that you saw at the library and you know it's like you know there's not you're not a guy in a trench coat with a beret yelling anymore you know there's it's it's different you know it's it's there's not a guy in a white suit with an arrow through his head and you know, it's it's definitely tamed down a lot. You know, I think comedy's tame. You know, it's like uh, some guys are taking risk for sure, and there's some great comedy out there. But there's, you know, I always feel like it's important for guys like us to kind of like keep the rock and roll alive and stand up comedy. Well, yeah, or at least like breathe a little life into it. Well, it's weird. I mean, if it's really who you are, it's just being this chill dude who's like a nerd. I got no issue with it. No, it no, does seem like it. it was a trend. Yeah, it's and a trend. People want to go. Some guys are good. That's at what it. I have to do. Like, you take a guy like uh, like our best friend, Nate Bergazzi, who's a beautiful man and got a special coming out, or Dropped is already it. out. The day we're Dropped recording. today, yeah. yeah. And uh, what's great about him is he couldn't be high energy <laughs> and slapsticky and stool humpy if he tried. Like, that's just who he is. Like, he's a storyteller. Yeah. And he just he kind of looks at himself this way and just does his thing and like and it's but when people try to do that and it's not you know what I mean I don't know I just whatever but he's great and I think what he does is amazing I just think it's like and you know we just need you know find it you know what I mean working with T J Miller's been a lot of fun because 
he's so Steve Martin esque, where it's just like he he'll juggle. He's got a freaking trumpet. Like he just goes out of he's out of his mind. The whole thing is chaotic, and like you, it doesn't make any sense. And that's what's great about it. it. There's no continuity to it. There's no like story. This vibe. It's just all over the place, and I love it because it feels like a Pollock painting or something. It's just it's just chaos. What a wonderful description. Yeah. <laughs> And way to inspire me as we record at 5.30 at night to be ready to perform later and to, yeah. to love what we do. Yeah. Um, everything you said there, A+. Plus. Thank, um, you. Thank you. He's exactly – well, he, when, he, when he walks in, you know that's a star. You, yeah. you know that's someone who's going to go on stage and just do exactly what they want and, and you're going to get strapped yeah. in whether you enjoy it or not. Yeah. You will be a part of the ride and I love it. Yeah. And, and that's what's kind of missing, what you're talking about. And it's yeah. great that there's still people who have that presence. Well, that's why I'm drawn to him. I open for him. You know, I just because it's like he's my kind of guy. Yeah. Like he's, you know, he's a, he's a loose cannon. You know? Loose cannon, baby. <laughs> loose cannon. He, he likes to party. Like he's just, he's everything that I am. He's a loose and... cannon with six O's in loose. Keep adding O's, baby. <laughs> yeah, and I just love him, and he's just really, and he's a sweetheart off stage. He's I, and he is so good to his openers, and like just treats everybody great, and you know takes really takes care, good care of us. And uh, it's, but it's fun watching him, you know, just watching people, and it's funny watching people that have like this, this like because he's reluctant to stardom, and it's really funny when you see that in a person, because, I mean, granted, he's, you know, he's been able to, you know, be in, like, huge movies and huge TV shows and stuff, and so it's not like he's really striving for that as much as the rest of us, so, but it is interesting where he, you know, he came here, he just wants to do comedy, you know, just do the grind, the New York City grind, and just be a better New York comic, yeah. like, he's more concerned about that, you know, and it's like, it's just interesting, but, uh, but anyway, he's keeping it fun. He's keeping it alive. And uh, and you're one of those guys that, uh, you know, I've known you forever. Long, long time. Forever. Baby. Long, long time ago we met, before the wind and before the snow. You were still wearing Knicks uh, jerseys. Uh, well, I was never a Knicks fan, sir. How dare you? Well, what were you wearing? What were you wearing Celtics, Knicks? maybe? I'm sorry. I apologize. It's okay. I said good day, sir. I don't remember wearing jerseys on stage. Yeah, you did. You wore jerseys when I first met you. Not, not Knicks. I'm sorry. But you were wearing... You sure you didn't... What, what, other, what other jersey do you wear that's not Celtics? I don't really wear it. I had a Syracuse jersey. Syracuse. Carmel, orange. Anthony. Orange. That's yes. what it was. It was okay. orange, and I didn't know you. Did I wear it on stage? You were hanging out with my ex-girlfriend. No, you were wearing it like at the strip. In jet Hanging out. Hanging out. Okay. Okay. I, and this is, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm trying to get the story of when I saw sure, you. Sure. Yeah, this is not when we were buddies or anything. This is more like, you hang out my ex, which is a borderline. I was like, who's this guy? <laughs> and I had no idea what I was walking into. She's just one of my rare friends because we kind of yeah. hung in a circle. No, I get it. And was she was good. to me when a lot of people oh, weren't. Oh, I understand. She was, was, that's how she traps you. But... <laughs> So you were hanging out, and I just saw so you at the strip a few times, and yeah, you had the big thick beard, and then oh. you had uh, you had the Syracuse jersey. Sorry, you see, I'd mix it. All Fair right. enough. It was the orange. I saw orange. Way, yeah. You know, any sort of orange. There's only like four teams that'll there even do go. orange, and so uh, yeah, I just remember seeing you around, and then um, yeah, just kind of, it's weird how you um, just end up being lifers with people in comedy and like we don't know quite how it started i assume you just you know at the broadway comedy club somehow we 
we ended up over there and you know together and I have you do those shows with me and stuff but I don't remember where I saw you first cuz I might have saw you there first maybe you were just hanging out and I just kind of put you up or something you were you like hanging out with my friends yeah, well, so, mutual so, friends so yeah so we would uh your show was the hottest thing uh, people would hang out on the weekends, the late night show at Broadway. So we got all the girls. <laughs> what a great span that was. God bless. Uh, we would go there. So there used to be places, you know, on 45th Street mm-hmm. in the back of a place. It was called Joe Franklin's Comedy Club. Oh, I want to say yeah. it was in the back of a Caro's. It wasn't a Caro's. It was something. I didn't really hang out there until later. Yeah. But it was like, so I do those shows. Okay. Some of the stage time I'd get yeah. in front of actual human beings. Yeah. And then a lot of those cats would come do your show. Mm. And I was wanting to get on your show. I would just hang out for a little gotcha, while. Gotcha. And someone out loud said that I had a good set. And you overheard. And you go, oh, you're having good sets now? <laughs> well, here, here. Email me. <laughs> it was just like that. And so. You're and then, having good sets now. I, I think love I that I said that. I had a set that was okay. <laughs> yeah. But then you booked me to host. And then like two weeks later. And then right before I went on the host, you gave me a look. Yo, impress me. And I'm like, <laughs> What? <laughs> Oh my god! And I think I did because I think I hosted like the next week. That or was so. drink. That was drinking, Dustin. He was a little harsher. But you know what? I mean, here's the, maybe maybe that ain't the worst thing. It's not. I think there's I'm less okay of that it. now, it's unfortunately. Fine. And I think there's a lot of young young guys who are now yeah. running shotgun when and, oh. and not learning anymore. Oh yeah. And I don't appreciate oh, yeah. that. I think there's a good yeah. middle ground. I don't think uh, new comics should just be disrespected like they were like ten, no. twenty years ago by people, but. They should know, yo, you're new. Like, we ain't here just because we shared a stage together once oh, or twice. I'm still that way with people that I don't know. That aren't sure. I would never treat you that way now, but I would, uh, but if I don't know you, yeah, it's it a little bit of like, you know, there's somebody else I could put in there. So just, yeah, bring the. Yeah, just you know, bring your A game. Like, I well, think you got I, it out of me. I think that night, God bless. So there it is. You were the you were the you were a college basketball coach. <laughs> but I think that you was, want your minutes. I was <gasps> just, I was just talking to Marshall, Steve Marshall. We were talking, and I told him that I said, you know, and I said, I go, I'm one of the probably, and I'm not trying to be a, you know, Dustin Javen deserves a statue or whatever. But I feel like I'm one of the best at, at like, you know, kind of pulling out this 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 beast out of the comic you know it's like you, and you need somebody to do that there's very few people that actually even like do this thing where it's like an older comic kind of like inspiring the young guys to be great and to like give a shit on stage yeah. and like in a club comic is different you know your club audience is different than some brooklyn library show like you need to you know bring some showmanship like crush the room make, make it hard for me to follow you you know make it like make that happen you know like evil encourage that, evolve yeah. to that don't just like you know kind of like walk through this thing it's like what's the point of doing it you're gonna be, you know what I mean? If you're gonna be some wish wash fucking comic, ugh. <laughs> you just don't break any rules and rock the crowd. I don't know. I don't get it. You've always done a thing because you've always uh, taken over certain shows sometimes where maybe you couldn't just have the biggest budget. And so mm. I've always thought of you as this is gonna get really weird. Like Ready weird. for my wrestling? I like thing. weird. Here's here's the first wrestling thing I'll bring up. There was a guy, Paul Heyman. He was known as Paulie Dangerously. He's with Brock Lesnar now, but he used to run this company called ECW okay. before yes, it became. Sure. The thing, yeah. he would he couldn't just grab anyone. He would get some people who are in between other places or maybe a little older and maybe yeah. not in their absolute prime. And then he had to go and get all these young people before they mm. were ready and help bring them out. And he would spotlight the good in these people and help them 
re-evolve or actually evolve by spotlighting their strengths yeah. and uh, eliminating weaknesses. And I kind of feel like you're kind of that. You've kind of been the guy like, come here. Absolutely. Oh, you need? All right, I'll give you your shot. And if you're yeah, cool. Yeah. Oh, you pissed off that club? All right. And you're, but you're still really funny? Come on over. Come here. No, but I mean, it's kind of like a cool thing. You've kind of been like the Paul Heyman of comedy. It's like, all right, come here, dude. We'll get you. Well, it's funny. We'll I, show people what you got. No, like probably my best comic, you know, Mike Britt is like, you know, one of these guys that like, you know, he's extremely funny absolute and killer. always crushes. But I feel people, you know, sometimes go at him wrong and then it, you know, they don't treat people the way they should treat people. And so a guy like that is not going to just let you talk to him a certain way. He is way. not going to let you talk that way. And he's a sweetheart. He is. I love Brett. Of he's course. He's one of my boys. I love him. He's all of our boys and he's a good dude, but he's also just a guy that like speaks his mind and whatever. And so sometimes it's like... And the thing is, too, is like you have a comic running a room as opposed to somebody who doesn't understand the angst of being a comedian and the fucking sacrifices that we have to make doesn't know how to treat you. And, you know, and I feel like a lot of times that's where problems happen with guys like that, these vets or whatever. And so anyway, I think Mike's great. But and then I th- I love that where it's just like. Yeah, it's like loose cannons and people that are just been tossed aside that are hilarious. You know, shine them up. Yeah, it's you really shine nice. them up because they always have a resume, and then you just bring in, you know, your your roster of new guys that are um, interesting. I always want to go for somebody that's doing something that's different than what I usually see at other places. You know what I mean? Like something that's, you know, always diverse. I always want to have a nice group of diversity. Because you know? you're a sensible human being. Yeah, it's like I, it's weird to explain <laughs> yeah. to people like. There are some better, like, There's clubs that's, like, six white guys every time. Oh, it's crazy. (laughs) But there's also people who are, like, (laughs) think that someone who doesn't look like them is in their way. Mm. It's like, oh, why are they there? They're just there because of that. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Look, whatever, whether that person's worthy or not. When you go to eat, you don't want one. You don't want to go to the buffet and it's all the same dish. No. Your plate should look different. A show is basically a plate. So yeah. we should have some carrots yeah. and some potatoes, yeah. and we should have some a fish choice. Yeah. So it's very nice to do that. It's it's absolutely that's insane. Why and there's I, plenty of yeah. everyone that's where why, you can get them. Yeah, that's why racism doesn't make sense if you have like a, a, an open palate to food. Like if you like if you enjoy food, yeah. racism is ridiculous. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's like Indian food and Mexican. Food, you know what I mean? Like it's in the same with comedy. It's like you should. My favorite comedy is black comedy. But, yeah. uh, I love watching Cat Williams. I love watching yeah. B Two Comic View. I love watching the old Def Jam episodes. I enjoy black comedy like more than white comedy. Like I just uh, there's something about it. I feel black. Like yeah. I, like I feel like <laughs> I just you know people don't quite get me sometimes. I'm flashy. Like <laughs> boy, if Huffington Post takes this out of this though, you're gonna be in trouble. Of course, the white privilege of thinking that he is black. Well, why don't you try? All right, Huff. Well, there's no white privilege when you grow up in a trailer park. That's but right, uh, I was just telling Steve, government cheese, is government cheese. But um, you know, but but no, but I'm drawn to you know different kinds of people and i think that's important to have in your comedy show and also it's like i think audiences want to be surprised you know they want to learn from different comedians you know what i mean they don't want people exactly like them all the time you know yeah it's like they want to that's what that's why you know it's like they like to embrace different 
cultures and when the comics are up there, that's what we do. We 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 show a little bit of what New York City is like, or what Texas is like, or what Vegas is yeah. like, or what you know. We share that with these people, and they're not going to get it anywhere else like they're getting it from us. Yo, it's hilarious because I was raised, I identify Italian, even though I'm probably like barely ethnically a little. <laughs> I was raised Italian. Yeah. I can't. I can't get behind. Like, if an Italian comic's on, I can like appreciate that person doing their Italian. Sh- can't be bothered with it. Yeah. Because I've heard it. I've seen it. I know yeah. it. I'm out. I get it. Yeah, I get it. Oh, we talk with our I got it. I, I, could go, I can go home and see people talk with their hands. And you're not telling me anything new. I, I, it, it's crazy. Oh, yeah, we like to eat too much. Wow, I never thought of that. Yeah, I don't need it. I, I know this. I knew this when I was seven. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, yeah. oh, that's interesting. Well, yeah, I guess I'm that way with, <laughs> um, with Southern comedians because I feel like when they try to, like, you know, just enus it up a little bit or, you know, kind of make it too, like, we're not all rednecky. Like, we're, sure. you know, it's like they always, like, especially spend time in Houston or Austin or Dallas. You know, it's just like people just, like, sum us up to just be this, like, hey, everybody, we talk like this, yeah. come on. And it's just like, <laughs> that always like, drives me insane, too, when, when there's, like, you know, Southern comics that are too rednecky, you know, where it's just, like, too much about that. Well, because, I mean... People, there are, there's obviously a market, and people do sure. come to it. So people oh. love to go to the well. I'm too dumb to go to any well. I just don't. Yeah. I, I hear there's water. I'll just, uh, you'll yeah. give me a cup. I won't go to the well. Well, the guys like us, too, it's like we're not we're not quite sure what our identity is. I mean, literally, you know, and then just in, <laughs> but, but, this, but just then in, <laughs> but just in any circle, we're always kind of out of place, you know, in the, in the sense of like being regular. You know, so we're not going to be regular on stage of what people think we are. We're not going to just go down that road because it's like, you know, I see you at a party and me and we're, we're just different, man. We're different than most people. I can and I, don't, I only say that to you and I'll say that to a lot of people where it's just like you're one of those guys that like you just don't belong and <laughs> and belong at the same time. Like that kind of weirdness. Well, let me finish. Oh, my bad. But, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel like I have to grab your hand after that. I'm so sorry. I'm trying to be better about that. No, you're good. Uh, no, I, don't care. I did grab his hands, everybody. He He's wonderful he hands. No, but it's like you know, you don't belong, and but you know, in a place like Vegas is like, you know, like you you grew up in Vegas, yeah. you know, so that's got to be weird, you know, just growing up around all that, you know, ridiculous. Not a real town. Yeah, it it's shouldn't exist. There should be time. You have to go home at some point. <laughs> you shouldn't be able to go and get a Slurpee and drop your paycheck yeah. in a machine. <laughs> That isn't real. You can drop your paycheck at the machine. Yeah, the goddamn machines. Yeah, people machines just... will take paychecks. Well, I mean, but I, I, I'm using figurative on this. Oh, I didn't. I, you can stopped, basically... I thought we were out there at that point. But you can probably go to the cashier, though. No, but yeah, if you cash yeah, yeah, a yeah, check yeah. and yeah. then you just go, I need smokes and a Slurpee. And then on your way out, you could, you know, uh, wouldn't be the first person to ever do that. Did just you just drop hundreds? Did you work at like casinos or anything? Oh, yeah. I used to wait tables at casinos, man. Did you? How was that like? It was uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I worked on the strip my last couple of years of Vegas. Wow. It was ki- it's kind of fun. Yeah. But uh dude, I mean people it's hilarious cuz uh if people leave and you have to like eat their check. Mm-hmm. Dine and dash. Um they'd go into a casino. I have w- walked into the casino and seen people betting money they should have left as a bill Ugh. and been like and we my last job they gave you the okay to start shit. So I remember All going right. up to them like Yo, how's that going? You got to get your ass in there and give me money. Because I ain't... Ha- I'm leaving the rest of my tables. They all could be leaving, stealing shit. Who knows? <laughs> but I'm in the Flamingo shaking a dude down at a blackjack table. It's hilarious. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like, all right, you ain't going to do that on me, dog. Did you ever... Um, 
fall down that road a little bit with gambling? Never. Um, I was bet. So here's what's crazy. I started ga- like my grandpa got me in a contest where you could just uh, he put fifty bucks up front and we just pick games all year. And then one day he had my aunt put in a parlay card or a teaser card. Now my grandpa was a bad degenerate gambler at one point. We probably would have been better off, but he had a bad spell with the horses <laughs> and football. So yeah. I ended up getting obsessed with point spreads like in seventh, eighth grade. And every once in a while I would give my aunt 20 bucks that okay. I muscled together to bet on like a 14 parlay to win like 60. And I'd feel like a millionaire as a kid. Yeah. And I'm talking about it one night when we're, rare night we're out to eat and my grandpa got angry. Stop with this. And then his mom was there and I felt I was about to cry. I let wow. down this, yeah. this man. And my, my great grandma, God bless her. Oh, gambling's for the birds, baby. And then he handed me some noodles because we're at a Chinese joint, those crusty up noodles. And so, and then after that occasion, like I bet Super Bowl, but I never really got into it. I used to go uh, play poker at people's houses. That being said, a whole circle of my friends, just knee deep degenerates, just yeah. broke, uh, work at sports books and um, get, get caught yeah. putting in fake tickets where they're not putting in money. So when you win, you're cool. But then when you lose, eventually they figure it out, go to jail over it. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen people yeah. just crushed off that. So yeah. I'm glad I got yelled at while eating Chinese food. Yeah, it's it's weird, you know. We I mean, we perform at a lot of casinos, you know, doing comedy and it's like it's uh you know, we're around it a lot, you know, and it's interesting to me. It's like and I'll get into it, you know, once in a while and and, and I can see how easy it is to kind of like, you know, you go through $200 like it's nothing. And it's just like, whoa, okay, that was quick. And oh, you're yeah, just yeah. like, and you, but I, you know, but I find, you know, you know, but the thing is, but I like it after a comedy a comedy show because it's like, you know, you get kind of bored and you're on the road. It's like, it's it's kind of fun. I don't mind being in the casinos, like after shows and stuff, because I feel it's like, I, it's always, you know, there's something to eat, something, everything's open, you know, there's people. It's like, I don't know. I like, I like the energy of a casino. There's warmth to it to me. There I is. I hate to admit it. There is. There is that enjoy because it. they were what was happening where I yes. grew up. And I like action, whether I'm partaking in it or not. The noise of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like the feedback of a fender. Of a Marshall stack. It's oh. like, yeah, give me that, Hendrix. Oh, well, now. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Hendrix machine. Just like, wham, wham. Well, I think it... they have them. Do they? At the heart. I mean, yeah, the Hard Rock everything. of Vegas they have exploited everything. everything. I yeah, mean, let's I'm just sure be real do. about that. But, uh, well, it's different. The energy at the tables are different than the energies, you know, at uh, at the machines. When the machines is like being on your phone, you know, it's the same kind of yeah. mentality or just like staring at something and watching over. Well, at least with the tables, it's like there's interaction. You're talking to somebody, blowing the dice, the thing. Like there's all that happening. So I think that's a part, more, I don't know if it's positive, but at least it's, you know, not as like just drawn into the machine, you yeah, know, yeah. where it's just like, ding, 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 bang, bang, the lights, and, you know, now they, you know, it's like, it's crazy now, where they have, like, you know, they'll play full-on movies and things, and these, they have speakers by your head, and you're sitting in a car, and it's got, like, a real windshield, and it's, like, insane what they've done to the slot machine. It used to be, <laughs> I need three cherries in a row, yeah. and now there's goddamn films. My first voiceover ever in Vegas yeah. was... I was the voice of the Godfather. I got a check for 200 bucks. It was the greatest thing. I was at casinos. <laughs> Should have got more than that. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. So the one time, so I never understood craps. Um, years ago, uh, I'm on the block party, the Ronnie Mon block party, which was like a Stern-related thing. And I was yeah. like the opening act. And they needed comics. And so I was that. And so I get to Vegas a day early. And there's the road management team. And the, I mean, one day, God willing, I'll be allowed to write a book. I mean, we were Motley Crue for eight months. It was absolutely yeah. the, the craziest tour ever. 
stay, I have to stay up to get my room. My room won't be ready till like seven in the morning. And I'm helping like the head of the road management team um, shoot craps because he's just a mush. So he hands me the like 15 in a row. I'm winning. Beginner's luck. He gives me like a bunch of chips for the weekend. He goes, there you go. Thanks for doing this. I made like a hundred bucks just like that. I lived in the city for years and here I am visiting. I kept it. I was going to cash it the morning I left the Hard Rock. And uh, the night before, after it was right after the gig, I made out with a girl at a pool area at another yeah. casino, lost all the chips at the pool area. Someone <laughs> went to take their kid in like the kiddie pool and, and found like $100 from the Hard Rock and went and cashed it. And, and I went to my aunt and uncle's for a, a cookout, broke, his, broke dick dog. <laughs> broke dick dog. That's the beginning. That is broke the beginning and end of my craps career, my friend. Dog. Um, you've had an interesting, you know, this, you're, I mean, very punk rock. You know, I know you love punk rock and wrestling and all that kind of like a reverent breaking of things. And uh, like your just your journey in stand up comedy is very like, you know, it's it's like, you know, back door through the roof, back down this round to the parking lot. Like the way you've been able to kind of stay in this and keep through it is fascinating and you show that raw talent is you know and perseverance and just being a hell of a nice guy has really you know kept you you know in this business and kept you afloat and opened some great opportunities for you and so it's it's been very cool to know you personally as a friend a really good friend and then also to just see you kind of just you know kicking ass in ways when when most people couldn't stay in this the way you do it's really interesting to me because you you found what you're good at you found certain things that you you know are able to kind of like you know whether it be warm-ups or hosting or you know those kind of things but it's like but you don't just like you know you make a career out of those things where it's like some people it's like you know they might just say oh i'll be a host or whatever and they stay a host at a club like you parlay that into television work and hosting for you know just for laughs and big tv shows and you know so it's really it, it's really impressive how you've been able to kind of like you know and when i and i say it with respect i mean elbow your way and kind of like you know <laughs> like get through this because it's tough you know this business is not for the weak and to watch what you've done and watch how you've like you know really reinvented yourself on occasion you know you'll just do that out of nowhere which is hilarious and great it's <laughs> like fall out of bed and forget yeah. everything i did well, I'm before gonna, yeah <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not gonna use this name anymore i'm not gonna have this look anymore i'm not gonna do this anymore and it's like you know and you just keep going and you keep working and um very excited you know to always talk with you and have great to have you on the show but uh james madden in the building everybody Thank yay <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's exciting to have you. And, you know, and it's like, this is one thing I like about you is um, there's a few guys, there's probably a handful of comics that are able to um, kind of like take their passions and able to things that they're really into, you know, off stage and able to kind of um, parlay it a little bit within their, their comedy career. And, you know, what, you know, with sports and wrestling and, you know, music and things like that, like you're, you know, you'll, you, you know, you've been on a lot of sports shows and a lot of music things and things. So I think it's interesting that you're able to kind of like, you know, combine that in with your comedy 
And so I think that's always a cool thing. Like Justin Silver likes dogs, and so he's able to make a career out of dogs and comedy. You know, what I, mean? I always think that's yeah. cool. I, I think when people do that, that's really cool to me when they can. Well, it seems like if you uh, talk about what you're passionate about, there's yeah. other people as passionate, and so they'll just come to it. It's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. what are you going to do? I, I can't talk about things I don't know. So like, I would fit. So it's like one of those things where you just fall into like, I like talking about this. It makes yeah. me feel good. Sure. And so I roll with it. It's just like I don't know anything else other than. But but just that. but a thirteen year old you know James Mattern probably never thought he would be you know doing a wrestling roast you know what I mean for like how crazy these, was that with these huge guys in wrestling things like that that's the thing things like that you know what I mean like it's just that's got to be wild to you well, and tell I, me about that a little bit like I got kicked in the balls by Jeff yeah. Jarrett I mean yeah. first of all did you I never thought that would happen he yeah. kicked well, me explain gl- a more so I uh, was lucky enough. To do the, I was the roast master for uh, Bruce Pritchard's roast. So Bruce Pritchard played Brother Love in the WWE in the 80s and part of the 90s. And he was Vince McMahon's like right hand for a while. He's back at it mm-hmm. through the popularity of this podcast. So he has a podcast called Something to Wrestle With, yeah. with this dude, Conrad Thompson, who's Ric Flair's son in law now, who's got another two hot podcast. Um, Dusty Rhodes' kid, Dusty Rhodes is my favorite wrestler. His, his uh, kid left the WWE because he didn't feel he had an opportunity. And these indie guys he latched on with who were just doing their own thing, made their own money. They got challenged to do a promotion, do a, uh, a show that in a 10,000-seat arena that has not been done in America other than WWE since WCW went under. They took the challenge. It was a big weekend called All In. Conrad did a podcast convention called StarCast. And he had events and he had a roast and he booked Shuley initially. And I was supposed to just write for Shuley and maybe some wrestlers. And then it was like, hey, man, you're on the dais. All right. And then like nine days before, you want to be the roast master? Okay. And uh, I bought a red jacket and uh, I did it. And it was uh, it was crazy. And so you're roasting all these wrestlers. Bruce the Power of Beefcakes on it. Yeah. Former women's champion Medusa. Eric Bischoff, who ran WCW. That's great. It was, and so it's crazy. And a lot of them had no idea what was going on. Thought people were going to write for him. And um, <laughs> we're giving them our extra jokes the day of. Some yeah. people just show up. Some of them had to keep their ego. And so, yeah, Jeff Jarrett, former world champion, he was playful. He grazed <laughs> like my balls. But he, he went, he, he did a little too much. But, uh, but I was like, I was honored. It didn't hurt. But I'm like, oh, man, I just got kicked in the balls by Jeff Jarrett. So nice what? country. And this is no disrespect at all because uh, I like a lot of weird stuff too. But... Um, there's a trend with uh, with a lot of comedians and a lot of in our circle of yeah. friends and people and in the comedy world and uh what like what is it that like keeps wrestling alive in your heart as an adult like what cuz there's a lot of us that were really into it as kids yeah and there was a lot of us that really into it as kids but then it kind of faded out when we, once we saw a pair of titties and then it's like <laughs> and then it's just like you know a lot of you guys are like really kind of hardcore into it and I'm I'm just curious how and not to disrespect just to kind of like understand it like we're wrestling like still stays alive for you I wonder if I didn't do stand up if I still would be involved I'm going to be honest interesting I, it influ- so explain all right so as you're talking about rock stars and that mm-hmm. there's the heightened energy of wrestling. I'll be honest, I almost think I'm more influenced by the nostalgia of it. So I listen to podcasts more than I even watch the current product right okay. now. I watch the pay-per-views. If I could understand how to control my New Japan app, I would watch that more because it's 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 more real and, yeah. and just amazing. But uh, I just waste that 10 bucks a month because I, I forgot my <laughs> password and they none of the di- uh, directions are in English. Great app. What a great job. Um, <laughs> but 
I, I'm, I'm obsessed with promos, old school promos. I'm obsessed with um, intros, intro music, intros, the coming out, the controlling of a crowd. So when I do warm up, so if I'm yeah. only doing, if I'm doing a once a week warm up gig for a okay. TV show, and how many how many TV shows have you warmed up for? I actually had to write a resume. I think I'm up to like 20. Wow, that's unbelievable. Some of them like pilots and sure, some things sure, just sure. like one week. It's still, know, it's still the, amazing. The next one's like spread out five yeah, yeah. shows over like 10 that's days. Fantastic. Okay. It's fun, but um. So I treat it like a fight now. So okay. like I eat really clean, I work out, day of, eat whatever I want, and then blow it out. And then the next day, whatever, and the, the night of the after the tape, and I go out drinking. But also in doing that, I'm watching certain things to get my head ready. And okay. some of it's Larry Sanders to okay. remember the ridiculousness of show business to balance myself out. I like out. that. I watch uh, comedians in cars uh, getting coffee, which I probably miss. I probably put the words in the wrong place, but whatever. To see just comics. <laughs> Being natural, talking about our thing, like we're doing. Interesting. And I watch wrestling documentaries and some pay-per-views for the whole psychology, wow. the outlaw of it. It's quite a pregame. Yeah, yeah, but also with the rest. So specifically with wrestling is now it's called a pro- once in a while. Yeah, <laughs> wrestling. So you know it's called promo because it's yeah. short for promotion. Back in the day, it was you have to get people watching the TV to come to the live events to make money. Mm, yeah. So. The promo was to get you in. So every Saturday in Chattanooga was the greatest event in the history of Chattanooga. So like when I do warm-up, um, first of all, they don't know who I am. They don't care about me. But we have to get them ready for the show. Okay. So I always just play like, hey, isn't this great? You came here for a reason. This is the greatest show ever. Aren't you excited? You're part of history. Do you realize that? Whatever. And even if it's like the seventh episode of a season, I'm like, <laughs> I'll, I'll say like, you know, this is the, everyone knows the seventh episode of a season is the greatest episode. Everyone, right? And I'll, <laughs> and, but it's just that I want to convince them that you're a part of a happening, which is what Gorilla Monsoon used to say in the mm-hmm. first five minutes of every WWF pay-per-view I ever watched. It's a happening, Jess. Every time. Yeah. I want to convey to them that we're in this moment for the next hour, two hours, seven hours, whatever the taping is, that we are a part of something. We're all in it together. And especially now, it's like we're having a shared experience. And I like to tell them, you're going to see this. You're going to, you can go watch this later with your friends yeah. and be like, I was there. I'm over there. How cool is that? That is amazing. And, and that's... I want to convey that energy to but them. You... And wrestling helps me with that. Okay. All right. So that's, I mean, that's great. That makes sense. <laughs> I feel like you're a counselor. Okay, all yeah, right. You do sense. feel like that. Um, you probably um no, but go you, to military school. No, but you no, not at all. <laughs> Fuck military school. We're punk rock, motherfucker. Shut up. But um, we don't do military school. Um, it, no, but it's like that's how you treat even a regular MC spot. I you tried know? to. You yeah yeah. That's I've right. seen it. That's sure. exactly how you treat it. You know, it's funny. You're you know one of my favorite hosts, and you're one of the Thank best. You, but. I hate it. I I love watching you. Yeah. But I hate watching people that copy you. That drives me insane. I, I guess there are some, and that's a that's flattery. <laughs> well, it's the one thing you know, like because you do it well, but it because it comes from an organic place. But to watch somebody try to do you, and it's like, oh, stop it! Wow, there are more people doing it than I know. This is hilarious. <laughs> Should I wear a costume and hang out and just you used go to look? that? You don't do that yeah. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you strip down. I'm the only guy left. <laughs> <laughs> You were my you were my soulmate. I was I like, hey, sorry. this is like we're the we're the hat guys. I could come back. I like to be. <laughs> well, you wear hats. You wear hats now. I like you to just be don't like, make it such a thing. Well, I, I stopped wearing them um, yeah. because uh, just on a fluke. I yeah. will. Co- you wear a little. You wear a little uh, little newsy hat. I've seen it. 
It's been a minute, but I might. I could go back at any minute. I want to. Uh, no label. Once again, no labels. So whatever happens, do whatever you want. That's what facial hair common. could grow tomorrow. Yeah. That I like. My, my hats have changed a little bit. It it's, doesn't matter. Yeah. Do whatever you want to do. It's whatever I feel in that yeah. moment to go with. You know. Um, I'm intrigued by that. It's interesting because like I've written an article about hosting because mm. I, I got sick of like the one day a week that I don't host and I do a spot and now I guess uh, I don't know snobby about mm. my hosts and uh, maybe I guess it's my own arrogance. Well, let's talk about that. It. Let's talk about this for a second. Yeah. This is interesting to me because you did. That was a great article. Thank you. You wrote it. It was an interbank. Yeah. Okay. It was a great article, uh, James Mattern, about uh, hosting in New York City or just in general. In gen- just okay. like tips. And I think it's a, this this comes to my mind. Um, well, it's it's interesting because it's you know I coach a lot of comics and stuff, and you know I give I give I give a lot to people, you know. And it's yeah. funny because um, sometimes like you know I'll coach comics and you know and and get people to the next level and you know and everything's great. And then once in a while I'll see one of my students basically doing like like having my rhythm and stuff and I'll be like shit. I didn't want I didn't, that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> I was Whoopsie. like yeah, yeah, where they have my cadence and I'm just like they'll have my 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 pauses and I'll be like ah, that wasn't what I meant for like trying to tell you this stuff, you know. I just want you to make a living. Yeah. And then it's like I had a girlfriend ex-girlfriend that did that and I'm I'm just like, Fah. you know, so it's interesting. It's interesting what, you know, I don't think people aren't good at like, like kind of absorbing what they need to absorb from watching uh, the other art, you know, or other artists. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's like, it's, there's a trick to that as well, yeah. you know, where it's just like, you, it's, it's very like, not everybody knows how much to be inspired by. Like, like when I saw Carlin for the first time at the Beacon, it's like, I learned how to write a religious joke. Now, now I wasn't writing jokes like he was writing them. I just like found the way to talk about religion. I saw the way he tackled issues and things, and I was just like, "Ah, okay, that's what you do. You you basically you you staple how you feel. You try not you go down a road that's controversial, but you don't ever lose. Like it was a way. Like I, it, it all came together. Yeah. I, I don't know what it was exactly. It just it just it was a light switch. But it wasn't like I was up there trying to do Carlin. It was just like I was inspired enough by it. But I think that's tricky sometimes for a young comic to know how much to take and how much not to take. You know, when they watch a comic, you know. Well, it's crazy because I think we all like everyone like just in, in music. You know, with the school to be a music critic. Everyone nicks. Everyone takes a little. Well, tell them that. You were a critic? Yeah, I went to school to be a music critic. My last semester, I did an open mic and realized I just, uh, all those uh, tables that I bust and waited on to uh, pay for college was just going through the drain. So I, uh, but yeah, I I was obsessed with with music and all that, and I was in bands and all that. And so everyone takes a little. The key is to take a little bit of everyone, and then that becomes you. Is that enough? But yeah, yeah. But I'm lucky in the fact that uh, when I started, I think my influences were like famous comics. Now there's a lot yeah. of com- people. Starting What's the advantage in New York. of Vegas, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, there's here, like big comics. Yeah, you start and you can work with big comics or big enough comics, and so you can start stealing from people you're on shows with yeah. or trying to get the checks bought on shows. Yeah. and that's crazy. Like yeah. I don't think I've ever become someone else. I, that I work with. I don't think I've ever had that, and I, I feel fortunate for that. You no, know, it's it's funny. It's uh, I found myself the other day. I was just like talking to a comic that we all know, and he's like whatever. And it was just like, and there's two or three comics, and I've talked to all of them, and um, 
they they're on the shows with me a lot, and you know, and then when you you know when you got a bit that's like, you know, it's it's your bit. It's, I did this dog bit, and it's like the perspective from the dog being the homeless oh, dog, yeah, yeah, and it's it's, like, it's 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 you know it's one of my jokes. I've been doing it for a while. I should probably it's retire it at some point. Very fun, but it's my joke. And then, and then you'll see another guy do a joke where his joke is the dog perspective. And he's like, then you got another guy that's doing it where he's on the street, the thing. And it's just like, and then it's just like, and then, and then there's part of you in your head, you're like, okay, should I just let this go? You know, should I just like not? And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm going to walk up to you and I'm going to be like, look, that sounds too much like my joke. I said, and I've had a few instances where this made me the crazy person. People have gone after me and said that I was like an, an asshole for the online and said things and banning comics. So it's just, but it's like there's this thing where sometimes people aren't aware, which yeah. is hu- a big part of it. And then there's just people that don't give a fuck, and they just want to just they just feel like they can just do it too because it's something that's generic in their head that happens to all of us. We all see the same thing, so they can just talk about it. But, you know, but when somebody's doing it, that that's what I have a, a problem with. It's like, you know, that's my thing. You know what I mean? And oh, it's that's like, criminal. And then you got to, like, have that awkward conversation with somebody. And you're like, hey, man, this is the joke. You know, I've been doing it, you know, I don't know, fucking well, way longer than you. And then it becomes a thing. But then there's guys that are, you know, I said it to this comic the other day. And he goes, oh, I just won't do it. And then I was just like, and then I started talking, and I was just like, that's felt weird that he would just wouldn't even battle it at all. He's just gonna not do the bit. <laughs> so that that makes me feel that you must have taken it that it was on purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I think I don't know. It's it's a, the psychology of just being around comics all the time and like being able to like just coexist with each other is very difficult. Oh, yeah. You know, it's very difficult to to do to just do people that the jokes is the easy part. The hard part is just the green room and um, the hang and, uh, you know, being on shows when they go wrong and, you know, all that shit. Being in a car together, like, you know. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's the toughest. Yeah. That's the toughest. That's absolutely – that's one of the reasons I don't do the road too much. If I do the road and (laughs) I I really need it to be with people I love, I just can't anymore. I'd rather just be at the clubs on the weekend or whatever. Do you have uh, have a crazy road story? Oh man, I'm trying to think. I mean, I've been where bra- brawls almost broke out. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, I was there with someone was talking to someone's wife. I think. Oh, actually, I think someone's wife was hitting on me. I had no idea. And then the guy turned to me and goes, "Hey, wouldn't that be cool?" I'm like, "What? If you fucked my wife?" I'm like, "What? Whoa, no, I had no idea, dude." Dude, she's like, "Yo." And then someone else was actually trying to fuck someone's wife. I'll leave that person's name out of it. You and I can really look at each other in the eyes right now, Dustin, and figure it out. So we're in the middle of Pennsylvania. This is like our third time we played there, and the vibe in this place was not as good as the first two times. Mm. And there was someone else there. I'll leave his name out of it. He's not in comedy anymore, but he was a fun guy. And first time I met this dude, he's just hanging out. And I could sense that dudes were getting together. So that that husband and that other husband were now talking to get their boys. I'm going to show the New York City boys what was going on here. <laughs> and so I ended up going to this kid. Boys. We'll call him Frank. And okay. I'll go, hey, Frank, I want you to, any moment, these guys are going to probably come around us. I want you to stand behind us. And I want you, them to, everyone to see that you have a beer bottle. Just make sure they have it. Just be prepared, Maybe. But just let them know that you have – just make it pronounced that you're drinking a beer bottle and that it's in your hands and make it come off that maybe you could use it. He's like, brother, I don't know how to do it. He's like, no, here's the thing. You're the only Puerto Rican in this town, and I hate to play that. But 
um, they will think that because it's just they're the rednecks and whatever. He goes, brother, I'm only half. I'm like, they don't see that, pal. <laughs> so play it up because we're going to need it. And I know you just met me, but this could get ugly and we don't got the numbers. Luckily, it kind of got diffused, but we ended up getting in a car with the person who I will not name that was clearly talking to someone's wife on purpose. And um, we left. And I think, so, yeah, I think someone threw a drink or a beer bottle at us. And I had to convince that guy, just go to the hotel, get yeah. out of here. But it, it, it could have gotten really bad. And you might not be having this conversation with me. <laughs> and I had to do some old sh- finagling to try and get us out of that room yeah you but you don't like you're way better than me like you don't like i never i've never seen you like really go at somebody and like with negative energy too much i, I think i have I have had you my, i've had have my you? meltdowns have on you? stage i've had I oh, think i'd love I'm, to see that th- all right well, <laughs> what are you doing tonight uh, i mean i've had them i'm trying just, just out of fascination like a fascination just like to just because i because i always feel like i'm you know alone sometimes with how much like you know i'll flip out on people sometimes and i just like it's nice to know they're not the only one no of course not i mean it's it our job's so difficult and crazy and everyone thinks they can do it i'm starting to address that more now in hosting and even in sets oh yeah how audiences Mm. i I try to tell them i get it that you think this but i want to diffuse it from the jump yeah i if i work a bunch of days in a row i can get cranky i get sick of the words i say sure and as much as I love doing this, and then I get my one day off, and I, unless it's like a, a real thing, like we're at a game or a concert or a real thing, a party, I'm climbing the walls. I'm like, I can't yeah. wait to get my day off, and then I'm there. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't wait to go back. <laughs> but if I do a bunch in a row, there's, you can tell the difference probably. If I'm on day nine in a row, and I've been doing multiple shows on the weekends, yeah. you can probably tell. I'm a lot different in how I treat the crowd, I think. Than my first day back or my third day of that stretch where it's like that last day, you don't give me the right thing on something or I think you're being a less than crowd. I won't give any leeway to win you back. It's like, yo, all right, this is what it is. And I'll still win you. Yeah, I still think there's I still think there's enough good energy. All right. I can tough love you. It's it's very rare, but I've seen it. So now I know where it is. Like when you did that voice and I'm like, okay, I've heard that voice. Because also you, now you've done it a bunch in a row, and you've yeah. done it where you know every these things yeah, yeah. work. You know yeah. what you're doing, and then they're but, giving you less than which they can. But I can handle you being less than different. Yeah. At the beginning of the week, than awesome. at the end. All right. My tolerance for it's horseshit. Well, I want to get to the good stuff. Yes, so, um, she recorded your first album. Yes, sir. That's it's never coming out, but <laughs> I recorded it, and so that's important. <laughs> that is important, Dusty Dust. What's the name of the album? Uh, I've changed it. It's going to be called, as of now, no segues. But just like, like hats that. and facial hair could grow something back tomorrow or change it tomorrow. <laughs> I really am that guy. I like no segues because that says a lot about you. Absolutely. Thank you because a lot of people initially have blowback because I was going to call it House Money. And it didn't feel right to me the day I recorded the album uh-huh. and listening to it and taking notes. And then a few people I texted I like no to. Segues. No yeah. segues. No, yeah. no, man. Um, kind of like you with the, we go back to like the Southern thing, don't want to be pigeonholed. Yeah, yeah, A lot of people's argument was, no, first argument was you're from Vegas. All right. And that, you just proved it for me. I'm not, so like if I'm from Maine, you're should my so album not. be called Lobster Boy? <laughs> <laughs> Maple Leaf Pride, if I'm from Manitoba. I've seen your penis. It could be lobster. Well, there's, God bless you. I mean, the whole lobster, <laughs> not its penis. Thank you, sir. But, um, no. and it is red. <laughs> No, I think. Well, let me talk about the segue. This because I, <laughs> but, well, I'm a comedy, you know, connoisseur. Yes, so I'm going to get why See. you say why you call it that, and that is your brain. 
I know your brain. Your brain is. Spaghetti I've had fucked. your brain um, on my phone a few times. I've had your brain <laughs> call me a few times. Oh, yeah, I've had your brain when you're up. I've had your brain when you're down. I've had your brain when it was a woman involved. I've oh, had your bubble. brain when it was the industry involved, and you know, and it's like. And it's it's a beautiful brain. I date one just like you, so I get it. She's my sister, <laughs> and, basically. And you're yeah, the one who pointed out that we're yeah. basically siblings. I'm like, hey, you're right. Okay. <laughs> so, but I get it. But that's it's that manic kind of like this this combustion of of thoughts and feelings. And you you know when you're not hosting, this is the comic you are. You know because it's like when it's when it's on you. This is what's happening with your comedy. It's going. You're telling a story. You're kind of less focused. You're, you're feeling it. Yeah, it's a different energy. Yeah. It's a different energy, and that's what's great about it. And it's interesting. And I'm really grateful that people get to hear a set instead of you making sure that we get to have a good set on a show. Like now, we get to hear you do your comedy because you've been making us look good for years, well, you. and you've been like bringing up the crowd for us so we didn't have a shitty crowd. You've been doing time for us because some guy ate a dick, and you got the <laughs> crowd back. You're doing time because this guy won't shut up, and you're trying to get him back into being a regular person. Da, da, da. And it's like, and so this is great. This is your due, you know. And it's beautiful that we get to. And I know it's a little bit of like anxiety getting the album out. I know what that feeling's yeah. like, and you know, I the time's right and get everything perfect. And but it'll get there. And just take your time with it, and it'll you know, and somebody that produced one, I get it. It's but it's gonna be great. And I think a lot of people are happy, very happy for you. You're also one of these guys that you don't probably see yourself as much as we see you, but you know. You're a guy we root for. Well, that's you know? very kind. You're a guy that everybody roots for. I've never heard somebody say that James is a dick. You know, it's like it's like we all, you know, you're one of us. Like well, you're, you know, we're all kind of like. And there's a very, it's a very small, you know. It was nice being being at uh, Giannis's wedding with you because it oh, was so like that fun. was a nice group of people. Like we were, you know, able Such to kind of <laughs> able to get out there and just kind of, you know, overeat and uh, oh come on, you know, I over everything. Cut a rug. Fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was interesting, but uh, I hadn't drank gin since I was eight. <laughs> and I had like fifteen gin and tonics. It just felt right. <laughs> yeah, gin's uh, gin will sneak gin will sneak up on you. Oh, and but, never again. So, <laughs> for that, I'm excited for your album. And it's uh, you I know, comedy that, records. Bro. You know, they're good guys Great over people. there. Yeah, you know, so it's like they're they're gonna treat you right. You just gotta. But I'm excited. It's gonna come out, and uh, so when it comes out, you gotta you guys gotta you gotta check it out, man. Well, I'm, I'm debating like with. Uh, first of all, wonderful. Once again, I owe yeah. you about five cups of coffee now with everything. Thank you. I love coffee. Good. Well, that's what we're gonna, we're gonna drink, my friend. <laughs> um, I think you've. Uh, so I'm struggling with an album cover. This has really been a thing, and now um, our photographer for Comedy Records can't get out here for mm. weeks, and I'm like freaking out. I wanted to do a homage, but. To like a rock album, I really wanted to, and I've had okay. ideas, and some things got shot down. But okay. now you got me thinking because I'm going to go no segues, and I reference spaghetti. I almost feel that now maybe I could do a homage to the spaghetti incident by Guns N' Roses, and just have like a bowl of spaghetti with no James Madden. No, I don't think I need to have my face on there. I think that would be hilarious. No segue, spaghetti, and a wink. Few people will get why it's spaghetti because it's my act of spaghetti being cooked. Maybe. <laughs> that's a that's a soft no. <laughs> well, at least you didn't say I'm from Vegas. You should call. You should have a picture of a, a blackjack no, table. Let's, you know what? We'll brainstorm right here. We're gonna figure this out uh, on the air. Um, no, but I I do like that. I think that's interesting. I think that's funny. I do feel it's a bit of a trend um, of people kind of doing you know 
like rock album stuff, you know. I think who did one? Um, Segura did, Segura did the thriller. Yeah, he did. And a few people have done some things. I think uh, also, uh, who's the rock guy? Uh, Brian Posehan. Posehan. Yeah, he did something that was similar. And it's funny, and I kind of did a Molly Hatchet thing in my, in, but it was kind of like my buddy just did his own version of it. Yeah. He painted it. And then I noticed it's funny because I felt like now after I did mine, you know how you get all like, like thinking that you're like the guy that creates everything sure. and you're just like everybody steals from me and so <laughs> but then i noticed once i did that, that everything else was like an animated like a cartoon everything's th- animated a- now, yeah. every like every other person that, that's like a, a drawing is their thing so just don't do a drawing i think it's um well, that's- i think you should do that and uh, but you need to you know if you could somehow have your face i guess on the back you have your face you yeah. know but the thing is we're in a digital world so um but mine, you can't really see my face either. It's a little fucking tiny thing. But it, but I'm a cowboy hat, so it's like I'm identified with that. So it's like a little cowboy guy. So I guess people see that. But I don't think it matters. You don't really have to have your face. You know. That's how I'm looking at it. You know, I don't think me. so. You need to be happy with it. You need to be. You don't need to listen to people. You need to too much because people always tell you conflicting things, and so. Ugh. You know, just you need to enjoy it, and you, if it makes you laugh and giggle and like spaghetti, whatever, then just fucking do it. Yo, I was gonna be Tupac. <laughs> I had someone who's going to do a animation of me. My See, head don't do over animation. Don't do animation. Well, that's it. Seems easier. I just say that. Picture, I just say that because I didn't animate anything. I, and I get it. <laughs> and it is a trend now, and so yeah. I don't want to chase yeah. it. But it does seem a lot better because I was initially gonna hire a photographer, and I was gonna spaghetti drop more is money. more you. Yeah, I think That's it perfect. captures me. Or maybe even me just throwing it up in the air. Yeah. I think a lot of times I say I'm going to throw oh, spaghetti that's on the wall. That's fantastic. So that could be fun. Or you, yeah, you could have like a, you could have a canvas and maybe you're painting with spaghetti and meatballs. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> Look, I'm going to have to break you off. <laughs> give me what I got in the wallet, which is You know what I mean? Yeah, like you're all Pollock looking, you know? Like Polaris. maybe you're look, you're dressed like Pollock and yeah, you're just yeah, like, yeah. you're splatting. That could be fun. You're just splatting a canvas, a white canvas with spaghetti. That could be interesting. Or I could just Give have spaghetti shot. with one meatball, and the I meatball has my face in it. You know what? I have a camera. I'll just we'll just shoot it. If it doesn't work, well, all we do is we we waste like three bowls of spaghetti. You know what That's I mean? Great. Yeah, we'll just try it. See if it looks. We might get one. I got like what a Canon. You? I have like a nice three three hundred dollar camera. We'll figure it out. Artiste, artiste. Ooh, and you're on the, you're on the comedy records payroll anyway, so it's all gonna work out, baby. <laughs> it's funny. I'm trying to trying to do another album, and it's like the hardest thing we're trying to do another album is you know not doing the bits on the album and so it's like it's just like such a struggle and it's like uh when you're a club comic which i am it's uh you know it's we're just so used to doing those bits that kill and because you're only as good as your last set when it comes to club bookers you know and so you're just like you got that fucking i have that mentality so i'm trying to shake that and try to like work out some new shit and like not feel like I gotta be this fucking because I book a room that I gotta be fucking better than everybody else and nobody sees me as a fucking booker and yeah, blah blah yeah. all this sucking psycho shit I gotta deal with. Which is like I gotta get brand. up there and bomb yeah. and fucking work out new shit, but it's tough. It's difficult. I have a very hard time bombing. It's well, like it is, it's very hard for me to do it. A lot of comics are like, hey, I bomb, whatever. I don't, I can allow other comics to bomb and find themselves i have no problem with that like i'll but for you but for me personally it's very hard for me to do that i feel like i have to crush all the time well that's how i feel with uh, hosting is it's hard for me to try new bits and fail Mm -hmm. because i have to set the room up for everybody so this is so after i do that record yeah so when i film it and i'm just beat and i took the next day off and i just sat and ate every 
piece of food I could get inside my body, <laughs> and I watch sports. What's your favorite go-to food after, like, comedy, when you're exhausted from comedy? What's your, like, what's your top three? Well, I'll tell you this. So, uh, <laughs> when I'm beat up, coming back from, like, a warm-up or, like, a big thing, my big reward, even though I'm on set, I'm probably eating a lot of candy and horse shit. Man, even if I go and get, like, a burger, which is just, it's just simple. You get yourself a burger, it's great, or some pizza, right? Everyone does this. Yeah. Even if I do that. Last thing before I go to bed, I'll go. I'll go to like the Rite Aid. I'll get some big Kit Kats. I love the big Kit Kat, and that's my reward. It's like you did it. Do you break it off, or you eat in the middle? I'll break it off. <laughs> I heard someone have a bit about that last night. I'm like, wow. Now then I became self conscious. I haven't had one since I heard that bit, but now I'm like, oh my god. And then you bring it up. Now I'm like, oh my god. I guess sometimes I might not be civilized with it, but a big Kit Kat. Woo! Get like two of them, and look if it's. It always has to be two, but sometimes it's buy two, Ooh, get a third free, baby. then you just have baby, to do baby, the baby. third and worry about the consequences tomorrow. <laughs> That's life, Extra baby. Extra 10 minutes of cardio. It's life. It's just like, it. it's like banging that chick. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> consequences but, tomorrow. But let me ask you this. Like, so did you have this happen where you record, mm-hmm. like I, I reluctantly had to keep some of these jokes because you basically use everything, right? You throw yeah. almost everything you got yeah. on the on the wall. Mm. I'm lucky that I have about 15, 20 already that I'm pretty cool with, but there's still enough when I have to stretch out and do old stuff, and some stuff comes up better when I'm doing a warm-up or a hosting. Um, I'm telling some jokes better than when I recorded them. I've added tags to some jokes. Of course you are. It's, so part of me is like, I should just scrap this record and just <laughs> do it better. And you then could. just spend more money. But it's, it's like well, you've it's already... It's too late. Yeah. It, yeah. But it's, it's like... Some of it came like two weeks later. It's like, you sure. dumb son of a bitch. You couldn't have <laughs> thought of this 15 days ago. Yeah. That tag. It's, it's hilarious. I wrote some bits for the album. It, yeah. It did it that week. Oh, that's great. Like I wrote them on the Monday and did it on the Friday. Like I just, I knew, I knew that I had to drop stuff that I couldn't work out in club, in like regular club sets. And I knew that, that I knew people were going to be embracing me. So I knew I could do the, you know, the Mormon stuff. Or I knew I could do other stuff because. I knew I was going to have like a, a base of people that were going to support. Where it's like I, I have I'm reluctant to doing personal stuff sometimes in the club clubs because they, they don't have that support. You feel like no net. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. no net. Everybody's so just crazy, fucking right? like, where's the next laugh? <laughs> you know, yeah. Long Island Ice Teas are great. You know, <laughs> you know, and they're just like fucking. They got that look in their eye. And you're like, ah, you know. And so it's like I can't be vulnerable. So it's like, but when you know, it's like there's some good people around you and stuff. It's, you know, you can kind of like fail a little bit or not fail, but, you know, take a risk. You also know you have two shows. You yeah, that helps. Shit together. That helps. It's the beauty of it. Yeah, I'll say this, man. So I was really going through it when I recorded. So mm. another part of me is like, I'm looking forward, even though I haven't even put this one out yet, to my next one. Because I feel like it's going to be even, I had to get the first one out. You yeah. know, I, I had, I was, I was looking for a new place every day. So I wasn't even being able to prepare. Yeah. My rent was about to jump three times what I was used to, so I had to host all those weeks before to make hosting money instead of, like, working on my set. And I was up for, like, a real job, and I was frustrating about it, like a warm-up job. And it was the craziest time of my life. So part of me is, like, after I recorded, I felt good about it, but it's also like, shit, man. I think it was more important to do this one and get ready for the next one. Yeah, I mean... it's yeah. That sometimes you just have to do that. You can't. You can't wait because I think as comics we wait around for stuff, and it's like it's never going to be perfect. You know, it's like, and I just played around. You know, I I just uh, 
I had a song and I did a country song. Yeah. I did a, you know, a I did a set. skit. I had a skit on there because I was listening to a lot of Big Pun. And so it's like Big Pun had all these great skits on his album. And I was just like, with, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, sound effects and stuff. And I was like, that'd be fun, you know, just do like, and I love like, uh, Cheech and Chong. So, you love those records. Yeah, right? so yeah. I was like, you know what? I was going to do a little bit of a homage to Cheech and Chong and like and I, you know, and Johnny Cash, so I did a song, you know, so it's like, you know, that's the thing. It's like I gave everything that I could give artistically to the, to the, to the thing and just make sure you do that. Just yeah. give everything that you want to do. You're a GNR guy, you're, you know, you're a manic guy, you're what just put all that in there. So when people listen to you and people like find you for the first time they get everything that you are you know and it's like that's that's all the album's supposed to be you know especially the first one and then yeah, you experiment yeah. and do some weird shit and whatever later but it's like the first one should just be all of you i think all of you put it all out there. just put yeah, it all yeah. out there so they get so they can like you know see all the things you do you know our record labels talk to me about maybe adding some other stuff other than stand up and i'm toy yeah. with it i didn't know but uh i'm gonna be i think i'm gonna be in la in a couple weeks and our, yeah. one of our good friends grant I'm toying Gordon, with yeah. getting with him and, and maybe come up, doing a song. I'm toying with it. Yeah, I mean, I had you know, an idea come not? to me right before I watched seven minutes of the Dirt the other day. Um, uh, of Motley Crue. I saw Netflix. the whole thing last night. Yeah, I, I ended up fishing yeah. too, and then I went in the shower, and then I had to go do gigs, and I yeah. got a riff in my head because you know I play at the house, yeah. and so I have a, a, a vague idea. So there could be a song. Yeah. I actually read your uh, Facebook status or your Instagram <laughs> status on that. Album. I agree with you, yeah. and I like Crew. Yeah, people who glorify that movie are—I mean, it's okay. It's yeah. kind of corny. It's, right. it's you know what it was. I told somebody today. I said the thing is, it's like they weren't dorks. Those were pretty cool dudes, man. Yeah. They were like, I mean, they like Nikki's very punk rock. Like they were like they they were pretty cool dudes, man. I mean, Vince Neil was kind of a, a an LA pretty boy, yeah, kind yeah. of getting laid, kind of spandex guy, but they were all still pretty cool when they especially when they were young. I mean, they got a little r- ridiculous and they got older, but the, you know, and so I feel these actors were like I mean, Machine Gun Kelly, at least he's a rapper, so I think he kind of embraced the kind of Tommy pretty well. I think he was Tommy. He was pretty well. He did well. But the other guys, I was like, meh. Oh, you know what? You know, Mick Mars, forget it. No, no. I was, I'm the opposite. Uh, I thought Ramsey Bolton as Mick Mars was terrific. Really? Yeah, I guess. he was. I guess he kind of had the the, the 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 cynicism and stuff. He had a little bit of that. I thought he should have been a little older. That guy was old as fuck, Mick Mars. Which they joked about a lot. But older than, but but he really looked old. This guy didn't look that old. Like he, like you, if you look at the album, yeah, maybe, it always looked like what? It looked like a shrunken head to the left. Like it always looked like uh, Grandpa was like there. It, this guy wasn't, in my opinion, old enough. And they treated him like that later. I, was, I got sad thinking about that the other yeah. day because uh, I remember them leaving like Stern or something when they, they did the E show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's trying to tell jokes with his little cane and, yeah. and talk and no one's really talking to him. It's kind of like you're just the fourth member of the band. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. so Ringo in that band. But yeah. he's a great musician. Oh, well, he brought it together, you know, a lot of it, musically. It's weird when you well, read Well, Nicky kind of did, but it's... I think the idea that the movie should have been because it's Jeff Tremaine of Jackass did it. Yeah, yeah, Like, the great thing about the book is the chapters are tight and Neil Strauss did a great job of ghostwriting it and yeah. presenting it as absurd. I didn't like how this was kind of like... Like their Bohemian Rhapsody, they're this great band. And we're yeah. gonna throw the debauchery. No, the the money shot is the debauchery and yeah. how it's ridiculous that yeah. this was viewed as um, awesome and <laughs> making it in the '80s, especially now. Yeah. A lot of the criticisms that it's toned up with what thing, how things are now. 
to me, it should just have been vignettes. Should have been like a Woody Allen, everything you know about sex but scared to ask. Just like in this episode, Ozzy shows them how to really get high uh, at a pool. Boom, boom. A day in a, it should have just been vignettes yeah. with maybe the making of videos in that and well, not really about their story. Because honestly, who cares? That's not really what you get out of the dirt. No one was like, yeah. boy, they really went through it. But man, them putting posters on the wall. No one gave, people were like, yeah. they made a girl call her mom with yeah. a phone in her vagina. That's what you talked about. Warts and all, that's yeah. what it is. It is a, yeah. it should have been a, like a, a vignette. Yeah jackass of these things that they did no i yeah i mean they did a good job on a lot of it but i i also feel it's like the thing is with crew it's like just much like how comedy was you know in the 80s where it's like eddie murphy is up there saying you faggots look at my ass like it was the same kind of era for music where it was just like motley crew was good then but you look at it you know you look at the catalog now you're like eh yeah, it's a pretty good song. It's pretty good, I guess. I, Yo, I was know. listening to them on the way in, dog. I ain't gonna lie. There's still a handful. I Primal mean, Scream. Woo! Eh, Dr. Feelgood's, you know, yeah. solid song. There's some good, there's some good songs. Kickstart my heart. That's a great song. song. It's about four songs. I'll go deeper. I like it. But yeah, they weren't perfect. Dude, but I will sing Top of My Lungs fucking, you know, Home Sweet Home. Great I'm song. not... But just because you like it doesn't mean it necessarily it's great. I mean, it's like you go from like, because I was trying to, they, somebody's comparing the Queen movie. I was like, Queen's a whole nother thing. Yeah. Like, that's a, that's just, that's Beethoven shit. I mean, that's a whole nother thing. So it's like, you know, it, it was good. It was good for what it was. Yes. But then that, it was funny about that line about, you know, it's like, I don't like Kiss. And I was like, mm, yeah, Easy's Tiger. Because without, without Kiss, there's no you. Well, you know that was I mean? Mick. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Well, the, one of the one of the musical aspects you'll pick yeah. up uh, out of the actual book is that Mick yeah. was into like hardcore guitar playing. He yeah. gets in a fight with him. He meets them differently in the book. Yeah. He, he's arguing about how much he loves the Paul Butterfield blues band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think Nicky goes, "No, they suck." And he's like, "No, fuck you, you suck." At a guitar <laughs> shop, I believe. Yeah. And it's like he really wanted to be a player, but yeah. I think they do capture the fact that he was older. I believe he did have a kid, and he needed to earn. He needed yeah. to be in a band that made it. If that would have been four guys in ukuleles that were going to make it, he would have figured that out and played with them because yeah. he needed to get to the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was good. I just and it's interesting because it's like you know that guy got eaten by dogs and uh, but uh, I just yeah, I don't know I don't know man. I mean it's... I just watched that episode on my rewatch. All right, well, let's, uh, yeah, we got to wrap this up, but let's talk about that. So you got, uh, let's plug your podcast. What, what podcast you got there? Say it ain't snow. We're back yeah. on Gas Digital. Yeah. We are a game of we are a Game of Thrones podcast that does not take ourselves serious. We have yeah. fun. Yeah, we're loose. Me and the great Marissa Rebus from um, uh, <laughs> Sirius XM's Combat Channel. She's the best. You've heard her on a million shows. There, we go on thirty minutes after the show wraps. We're doing our. We already have a new episode out this season. You can get all our old ones from season Great. six and seven. We're recapping old episodes while looking ahead. We got three preview episodes. Then we're going to go on live 30 minutes after. We have no prep, like 20, yeah. 30 minutes of prep. We go on the air. We react with you guys. And then we'll, we're at the end of it, we're going to come back and do one big wrap-up show. But that is our thing. And yeah. uh, it's fun as can sure. be. Once again, uh, you showing how you fuse your passions. Absolutely love the show. With comedy, it's great. And I have like a five-minute chunk yeah. on it. I actually had one joke for years that has grown 
to like a big chunk about Game of Thrones, how much I love it. I get real passionate about it. I was really yeah. like lecturing people this weekend in Nyack about it. It's like, you don't watch this show? Let me tell you why you should, <laughs> dummy. That's no, a great show. I'm excited. I, I think it. it's, uh, it's good to be excited about things. Life can be so yeah, horrible. Man. It's funny how like a TV show can just like brighten you up a little bit. Like, one more season. Oh, my God. It's great. So, yeah, I'm, I'm on my last. I just started season seven today for the okay. wrap-up, and that's my least favorite season. But cool. so far, 40 minutes into the first episode, I'm like, Hey, man, maybe you're wrong about it, dog. Maybe this is a good season. <laughs> so Say It Ain't Snow. Anything else? Any Twitters and podcasts? James L. Mattern. Check yeah. it out, man, on all those things. Like the Instagrams. Look for this summer. No segues. Yes. I mean, maybe it's the Chinese democracy of comedy, but way <laughs> less important. We're going to figure the spaghetti thing out. We're going to do, do a photo shoot, see how that goes. God, that'd be funny, though, to <laughs> do that. Funny. Spa- it's really perfect. It's really spaghetti, perfect. Spaghetti, spaghetti. All right, thanks so much for doing the show, man. Thank it's been you, a lot man. of fun. Look at this, huh? This is how we do, bro. We got the band it's like, back together. You know, that's what I always say. You know, this is my reoccurring thing. Where it's like, yeah, you want to want to hang out with your comedy friends? Just do a podcast. It's great. Just uh, schedule them on a podcast. That way we get to hang out again. We're back together, and you got me to go back to Altamont. That's just for you and me, and it wasn't that bad. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Please follow us on Twitter. Um, leave you with this. Uh, also on Facebook. Leave you with us. And if you're interested in comedy coaching, you can go to Outlaw Comedy Coaching on Facebook, and I will make you one of us, and you'll get to experience this ridiculous, crazy, joyful, I don't know, whatever, depends on the day, great thing called stand-up comedy. And uh, thank you, everybody, and please get the word out. We need some followers and listeners, and thank you so much. I'll leave you with this. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.